There we go, Jude Hirschheimer. Good to, good to see you. Jude Hirschheimer, hello, how are you? <laughs> that good. was very formal, wasn't it? Hello, how are you? <laughs> I doth do well. I, d I don't even know what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. We were just talking about um, the film The Fountain. That's right. I recommended it to you the other night, and I was like, yep. yeah, you should go check it out. And um, I did, I did. Yeah, I just thought, screw it, I'm just going to press record. Let's just chat about it. Let's just and, chat about uh, it. No, it's really good. See, see, see what lessons we can learn from it. Yes. It was a beautiful film, wasn't it? Mm, it was indeed. just, it was heartbreaking. It brought up a lot of, uh, it was thought provoking as well, I think, um, for many reasons. Uh, but one of the things that we, we were just about to get into before you hit record is the whole idea that he just wanted to find a cure, didn't he? For anyone that hasn't seen the film, should I should I spoiler it or? Oh, whatever. I'd say go watch the film. But <clears> if you don't it doesn't matter. Yeah, so um, man and wife, she's dying of a brain tumor, uh, stage four, and um, he's desperately trying to find a cure using a monkey, right? Using, is that right? Well, he's, doing, he's doing his research on a monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, on a monkey. The, the monkey is the cure. <laughs> Yeah, have that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <lots> of, <laughs> does that work? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and just trying loads of different combinations of herbs and trying to create a, a basically a, a, a cure. And mm -hmm. tell me what you were going to say, because it, it kind of sparked something in, in my thinking. What were we talking about just now? Oh, you said it reminds you of a book you read a while ago. Yeah, so it was that whole thing. Like you said something, and I was like... Do you not think that he was kind of in Mr. Fix-It mode where he just wanted mm. to try and fix the issue? And she was she was almost like, well, she was like, I'm ready. I'm going to let go. It's time. Mm. And he was so busy trying to fix it that he didn't notice. He didn't, he didn't, he just didn't want to admit that that was happening. And it really reminded me of a book that I read a really long time ago called Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And I don't really remember the whole of the book. I actually looked on Amazon yesterday just to see what people were saying. And, and I think it's probably had its time, but it's this whole idea that men do like to try and fix a problem. And maybe this is something we can talk about because it, I, think, I think not all men, but some men, if you I don't know if there's a problem or, or as a woman, you've got a, an issue, they'll try and fix that issue. And sometimes that's not what it's about. It's like, see me, hear me, you know, let it go. And I, that's the thing that I, I got from parts of the film that he was so hell bent, so focused in on trying to fix her that he wasn't seeing reality as it was. Mm. And that was my thought around it. Yeah, cool. There's, um, it's also, He's trying to fix it because he can't live without her as well. Yes. Right? So he's yeah. he's doing it he's doing it for her, but <clears throat> he's his love is so strong for her that he just can't he can't think of life without her. He can't let her go. Yes. So he's um, he's trying extra extra hard. He's just putting everything into it, and he's missing her final missing years. Her. Yeah. And missing yeah missing her. He just can't come to terms with it. Whereas she's like super. She's pretty much super chill, relaxed, and is like, I know it's going to happen, yeah. and I think you need to accept it as well. And he's like, No, yeah. I'm not going to accept it. Death accept is, it's like he just says a great line. It's like, Death is a disease, and like any other disease, we can cure it. And um, and yeah, so nice. he's very much like he's trying to fix it. Um, goes into that Mister Fix It mode, but it's also to protect himself as well. Yes, a big big part of it is to 
so he doesn't lose the biggest thing in his life. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, and that's what I was like, <clears throat> that's, that, that's what, this one theme of it that I really loved about it as well is just, you know, the lengths that man is really, is prepared to go to for. And it's a beautiful uh, thing. Love of his life. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then, um, yeah. And then I think, yeah, just on that point of like men try on average, they try to fix things, uh, more often. And it's mm -hmm. just, yeah, it's just that different kind of wiring as well is, um, I, I think, yeah, on average, it's, it's like pretty much what you explained. There's like, guys will try and fix it with women. are just like, I don't care about the solution. I just need to maybe feel Be like I'm being heard. And, mm. and, and that's all I need is like, I don't need you to go, all right, let's go sort this problem out. It's like, yeah. know, that's, that's not what I'm actually after here. And, um, yeah. And that's interesting as well, because it's, uh, especially in the line of work, that we're in as well and especially mm. the way i approach things as well for clients is like okay you've got a it is it is a it is a let's look for a solution because you have to right it's like you've got a problem and uh, let's figure out what the problem is mm. and um and then let's find the solution for it so it's constantly like uh, problem solving and it's yes. something that you know we as we as men like to do more often, I guess, or again, more on average than uh, women prefer to do. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, so it's just one of those things that you can get kind of get stuck in that mode as well. And, and just forget that that's not always, it's not always what you need to be doing. You just like, it's like what we do here as well. It's just a lot of the time, like last week where we were having that conversation around guilt. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we're looking for a solution, but it's very explorative, right? It was very yes. much like, let's just figure this out. Let's just have a conversation. Let's make sure like, you know, I'm understanding where you're coming from and you're understanding where I'm coming from about it. And then let's see if we can uh, figure something out from that. So it was, uh, it was like a combination of the two things, I think. Yeah. And that was super useful for me last week because it, <clears throat> I did this week, you know, if, if I track over what I've done this last week, even though I still find it incredibly hard to sit down and do nothing, even though I should consider that rest time, I did do it. And I think it's going to take a bit of time, but I remember the words that you said, and it's like, that is useful. And I think as we as trainers, teachers, our clients do have us in their head quite a lot of the time. It's yeah. like, they do. It's like, oh, I could hear you, Jude, when I was doing this, yeah. and I remembered you said this about this. And it's like, that's yeah. excellent. But I think going back to this idea of, of men trying to fix it, when I'm teaching, it's like, mm, what am I like? Because... I desperately want to try and not fix people because I don't think it comes from me. I don't think. Mm, no, not at all. And I, and I read something the other day and, and I won't be able to remember it exactly, but it was something along the lines of, doesn't matter how many fancy exercises you have, it's your belief in someone's ability to heal that is going to make or help them to heal. And I think that's mm. what I try and encompass in my sessions. It's like, I believe that you've got it in you to heal. I believe that we can get you out of pain. I know that what I teach is going to help, but I, I have faith in, in your ability. And sometimes you know it, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you might meet people and you're like, mm, I don't think they're quite ready yet. But they're here and they're trying and that's awesome. So we're going to go give yeah. it a go. And then some people, you know, that they're going to get better within a few weeks. So yes, it's, it's yeah, quite interesting. Just, yeah, you have, to, you have to believe. And like sometimes you've got, yeah, you've got to believe for that person as well. Because yeah. for you, I know you deal with a lot of people who are in that, like, you know, last resort, tried everything to solve my back problem. Yes. Find it. And, um, you know, I get a lot of people who have had long-standing back problems. Mm. Because, you know, it's basically the thing that I do most. 
is help with that. And because it's longstanding, you just you just think, okay, well, whatever, you know, it's just it's just it is what it is. I'm gonna have to live with it, and I'm just gonna take a shot at this and see if this can help. But yeah. then the way we come across and the way we do our work, and I'm always looking for that one little thing. Is like, I know if there's something that they say to me that you know they're getting they're getting relief doing something. I'm like, that's it. We're in. You can get better. Is because I know something gives you relief. I know you can get better. So give me an example. What could that be? So it could be a movement. It could just okay. some, simply be like you know everything bothers me except for this one thing. Like uh, this is where I feel like I'm okay. And I'm mm. like, all right. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm certain that you can, you can improve, and, um, and, and so there's, uh, yeah, so there's, there's that, and then because I believe that, the person just goes, whoa, okay, yeah, this person's confident in my ability. Maybe I should be a little bit more confident, and you get that little bit of boost for yourself, and then it does many things. One thing is, you know, sets your mind right. Um, mm -hmm. It makes you want to be a little bit more consistent because you feel like there's there's going to be something to this. Um, it just gives you a bit more of that um, space between uh, perceived failure and actual failure. So what I mean by that is, if you have a tiny setback mm -hmm. in um, in your in your recovery. So again, talking about back pain and you're doing well and then you have a little bit of a setback. That's not a failure. That's not like, okay, everything's back at square one. I'm screwed no. over and this is not working. This is no, it's like, let's, it's kind of, it's kind of inevitable that it's going to happen at some Absolutely. point. And it's just about how you bounce back from that. And what you'll learn is, you know, zoom out, look at a bigger picture and say, actually, I'm way better off than I was previously. If I'd have, if I'd had a setback before, I wouldn't have anything to be able to deal with it. But right now, because I've been working on this and I do have the tools necessary, which will help me deal with this, your ability to bounce back, mm. you'll notice is much, much quicker. And then, um, so the, the length of that, um, uh, that episode that it puts you out for, much, much shorter than previously. I've had clients who used to have like three, four, five, even six episodes a year where mm. we just lay them out for a couple of weeks at a time. And then, you know, just literally after about two to three months, most people within two months is like, okay, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot more confident in my body. After three months, it's almost like forgot what yeah. it was like to have day-to-day -day pain. And then, right. then I tend to work with them beyond that as well so they build it up there strength and building up their function and they're building up more movement variability so that they're able to accept lots of different kinds of movements in their life so nothing ever bothers them yeah and they're getting stronger from that and then over a period of time they'll just go oh shit it's been nine months and i haven't had an episode that's and so good it's like, yeah it's incredible so yeah. you realize that it's um when it's if you, you start with that belief you build that belief up mm. and then that makes a huge a huge difference actually and this ties in with um something that i've um, been reading about a little bit recently as well as procrastination okay so there's this yeah so there's this like uh it's just for for a mind like mine it's just super helpful you know it's just kind of breaks it down it's just like there's a structured way of approaching procrastination and essentially procrastination there's an equation for it as well which is generally procrastination equals your i'll explain what these are in a moment but expectancy okay. and value divided by uh, impulsiveness and delay so expectancy is like do you actually expect a result from the efforts that you put in from mm -hmm. the uh, outcome to if, if for the efforts that you put into the, for the outcome that you're looking for 
And that's the same as belief, because if you don't expect there to be a result at the end of it, if you have low expectancy, you're, you're going to procrastinate, basically. So okay. you're not going to put the effort in, because even if you know everything, you don't believe mm. in the outcome. So that means you're not going to do the work. It's kind of like you don't believe in yourself, right? Yeah, a little bit. yeah exactly. Exactly. Right. So you might just be like, okay, I kind of know everything, but I don't believe in myself to execute this. Mm. And, uh, and that's a big problem. So mm -hmm. when you, so because the equation is essentially procrastination equals expectancy times value. So I'll explain the value bit in a minute. Okay. But divided by, right? <laughs> I know this is, I know your brain's going, uh, does not compute, does not compute. Don't want to do maths, carry on. <laughs> yeah. So it's expectancy times value divided by impulsiveness and delay. So basically when you enlarge the expectancy, so you make that bigger, mm. then, you know, you're making, um, uh, you, you're, you're making your chances of achieving that thing greater. So you, you're reducing your, you're reducing your uh, procrastination. Um, and, uh, sorry, less procrastination equals that, right? So, um, and then yeah, value is the value of the outcome. Uh, you know, so simple is just how much do you value it? How much does it mean for your life? And these are actually, it's funny that I was talking about it and I was finding about it and reading about it in those terms because this ties in with exactly what I require of my clients in the beginning is just <laughs> laying out your desired outcome in as much detail as you can so that you have the vision of it and you get to express the value of it to yourself as well. Mm. And then we also talk about, you know, uh, we also build that belief up as well. You know, it's just, it comes from me first. It's kind of like, yeah, I believe in your outcome mm. and I know you're going to be able to achieve it. You have to believe the same thing and then build that belief up with the work that you do. And um, so, yeah, so then that means you're, uh, you're, you're just continuing to improve. And then we've got um, impulsiveness, which is just basically the more impulsive you are, the less likely mm -hmm. you are to execute on the things you have to do, right? Because you just keep getting distracted by th other things. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, mm -hmm. and then delay is just like the further down the track the outcome is for you, the more likely you are to procrastinate, because mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to do things for the here and now, but keep thinking of delayed gratification. It's a harder thing for us to wrap our head around. So we're like, oh yeah, that's all the way over there. That doesn't matter mm -hmm. right now. And, um, but the truth is it does because the things you do now really set does. you up for yeah. uh, what, you, um, what you're in for later on. And um, so, yeah, so the greater that you can, um, the greater expectancy you have and the greater value you can place on it mm -hmm. means that uh, it doesn't matter. It, it can it can offset how far away the outcome is for you and you just yes. keep going. And, uh, and then dealing with impulsiveness, you have to kind of, you know, you have to schedule in the work, you know, you've got to do the work and you've got to create yeah. a very solid goal around it. So yeah, it kind of, the, my stream of thought at least went there with that as well. So mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's super useful. Um, I think when people start approaching it in that kind of way, it's like, why do I always feel like I'm just, um, Whole, like delaying or I'm wasting time is like, well, look at those things, you know, like in the, in the, in the outcome, in the thing that you're doing, like how much do you value the outcome and how much uh, belief do you have in achieving the outcome? And if both of those are low, then yeah, you're going to procrastinate. Mm -hmm. You're never going to, you're always going to keep wasting your time. So you have to go through the process of laying out exactly why it's important to you and exactly um, uh, building up your belief system around achieving the outcome so that you actually, you actually get what you're looking for.
It's really interesting. Where did you read that? Do you, is, that is it was, a book in one of the books? No, no, there's, there's a blog post. Uh, sorry, there's a uh, community called Less Wrong. So mm -hmm. uh, lesswrong.com. And mm -hmm. it's, it's based, it was based on a book uh, written by, I think his name is Peter. Um, uh, Peter Seal. No, I don't want to get that wrong. But okay. it was. Um, but the book is is based on. Uh, the book is called Procrastination. You know, or how to really overcome uh, procrastination. Mm. And um, and so that was just basically the latest kind of. Yeah, here's the latest we know on how to be a bit more productive. And um, yeah. So. Because that, yeah. Given. Sorry, I was just yeah. going to say it's like it's so interesting listening to it. It's like I think sometimes. People don't realise that they're procrastinating, and it's it's great that you've kind of acknowledged that maybe you do procrastinate a little bit. Like I definitely procrastinate, oh, yeah. you know. And, but, <laughs> I know exactly um, what I'm doing. It. As soon as I'm looking at my phone, that's procrastination. <laughs> like, right. That's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Scroll. Yeah. Um, yeah. And something came to mind when you were saying that about the belief and what was it? The expectation plus belief was that was was that the two things at the yeah. top. Expectation multiplied by value. Multiplied by value. Um, so ex expectation is the belief, essentially. I see, yeah. I guess what I was thinking of when you were saying that is that maybe if I think about my clients and they've come to me and they've got pain, it might be really hard to see that outcome where they're not going to be in pain. Maybe, you know, maybe mm -hmm. it's hard to have that belief and that's where we step in. And then I was thinking about me and my program and how I'm massively procrastinating at the moment. Like I've literally got three things to do. Yeah. I just can't do them. And I think it's because <laughs> I just can't picture how it's going to go when it gets out there. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like, mm. What's the point? Yeah. Because I can't see the end result. Do you know what I mean? And it's like maybe mm -hmm. that's what people have when they have pain, right? They come to see mm -hmm. us and they're like, I can't see how I'm ever going to get out of pain. I'm here, but I'm a bit. And so it has to take someone like us to to believe for them. It's like I, I feel yeah. like, yeah, with my program, I start, I need someone to just step in right now and believe for me because I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I believe in you, Jude. I believe. Can you I know do you it can for do this. me? No, no. Don't, don't do that. No, I'm not going to. I'm I not. believe, but I won't do it for you. No, I know. So, I know. I know. So, okay. So here's. So this is. So this is the exercise that I'm talking about, which is right. super useful. Is like as much like you can have a lot of resistance to doing this exercise because you're so afraid of, you know, what if I don't achieve it? What if I don't get it? But yeah you you have to really visualize yourself in that outcome you have to go all right if i achieve this so if it's like if if i've got my mind body program set up mm -hmm. well let's do something that you know we both of us know about is like mm -hmm. what does my life look like when i'm out of back pain you know what is what does it allow me to do what uh, what is it that i haven't had for so long that i can finally achieve is like I can play with my kids. I can yeah. go, uh, go to the park. I can go out socializing and not worry yeah. about, you know, whether I'm going to be sitting down for hours, um, eating dinner and, you know, I'm going to pay the price for it for days later. Or if I'm just mm. standing at a bar, having a chat with friends, it's like, you know, my back's always in the back of my mind and I can't get myself comfortable. It's like, all those things are bothering you. It's like, okay, what does it feel like? And you're out of that situation. It's like, oh, you know, I can, I can do all the activities that I've loved and I missed out on, you know, I can mm. give hundred percent to, um, my work and, my productivity will rise because be I'm not, I can be present. Exactly. I'm not distracted.
by the pain and like you know you go through all these things but you you make it mean something to yourself it's like mm. you know these are kind of common responses that i get but you make it mean something to yourself is like, okay well what's the what's the value of the outcome to you and what does that outcome look like and really sit in it like be very yeah. present with it mm. because when you start to do that you have to you get that kind of feeling in your body you know, and pay attention to where you feel that you might get like yeah. some people might get butterflies in the stomach some people yeah. might get oh my heart's just going because it just feels like you know it's such a beautiful thing it's like yeah hold on to that you know Don't, like you have to and then you know you see that vision and believe in that outcome as well because you have to and as much as it scares you as well because interestingly the longer people have been in pain for it actually is in a way it can be kind of scary because it becomes a part yes. of you right so yeah. it can be kind of scary like, oh, maybe sure. you can talk about that as well because obviously yeah. you've got spondy and that is something that you've lived with for i don't know <laughs> for uh, i'll tell you it's a really interesting life. story actually and carry yeah. on but I'll, I'll talk about that so it's really interesting but yeah carry on mm. yeah it, it's um uh, so yeah so that can be um yeah because then it becomes a part of you and you're basically saying i want to get rid of a part of me and mm. that can as much as it is painful to you we always stick with things that we're familiar with we know and and that we know so even if it is bad for us even if it doesn't serve a purpose anymore yeah. and uh, even if it's holding us back in our lives because it's familiar we stick with it and we carry on but um so we have to create roots in things that are more powerful than that and uh, that is the vision that you have of what it would be to be out of pain yeah, yeah and tell so me cool. yeah to tell you tell yeah story. so so I talked about a little bit a, a couple of episodes ago about what I have. So I have a back condition called a spondylolithesis, which in a nutshell means that one of my vertebrae has slipped forward. And apparently you can be born with this. And I'm sure if any kind of rehab people listen to this, it's like, yes, you can, or it can happen over time. I get the sense that mine's always been there, but it's been dormant. And when I, I used to do Thai boxing and I used to go to Thailand quite a lot to train and there was one point where I went to Thailand to start fight training and during that time that I went to Thailand to do that I took a few days out to go and get a tattoo done on my lower back <laughs> mm. um, and it was a massive tattoo it was like it was basically like a like a Thai prayer and it's it's a huge tattoo there's loads of writing it's very intricate and um, what was interesting, I've always thought that I've had quite a high pain threshold, but when I was getting it done, it took like three and a half hours because I had to kept, keep stopping because it was so excruciatingly painful. It felt like there was like shocks going up into my teeth all the way along my spine and back down. I could literally feel, wow. I don't know what it was, like the nerves just going mental. And after that, came back home, and I couldn't train. I was so tired. Like, firstly, I was tired. Secondly, I just didn't have the power that I had before. Like, even my instructor was like, what's wrong with you? You should be flying right now. Like, if we're going to put you into a fight, you need to be better than this. And I just, I just couldn't pull it out of the bag. And there was just one day um, when I was doing some sprint drills or something, and my back just ripped. And, and I just stopped. And I could not move i just i couldn't and, and it got worse description yeah it just it just literally went and i was like <gasps> you know that take your breath away rip and, mm. and i was like Fuck. and and i just i couldn't even get up nothing 
bear in mind that I've never had an issue in my life, no back pain, nothing ever. And so I got it checked out. Um, the osteo that I saw was like, I think you have something called a spondylolithesis. And I was like, oh, what's that? And so I got it all checked out. And I'm sure I went to see like a consultant at the hospital and a surgeon. I have x-rays and I have visions of me going into MRIs and things like that. I can't really remember. But anyway, it died down and it got better. Fast forward a few years and, and it was kind of on, off, on, off. And because of that, I didn't fight. I, did, I just didn't have it in me. I didn't have the capacity. I didn't have the energy. I just could not do it. I had nothing. Um, and my kind of like, not that it was a career, but the Thai boxing career is if you like just it just didn't happen because of that reason and fast forward a few years when I did NKT and they're talking about tattoos being scars and how they can create dysfunction within our body and disrupt muscle function and all this and suddenly it was like this light bulb of oh shit did I wake the spondy up that was maybe lying dormant there by getting a tattoo on my lower spine and it just came out because after that, I've never been the same. I mean, I'm not much stronger now, but I've never had that power that I could generate before. So, and yeah, I do. I, I, I'll be honest. I don't do a lot of scar work on my tattoo, but I, I have had in the past and, and it does help, but even the breathing does really help that we do. Um, but yeah. And I remember in NKT3, the, the actual seminar, um, Simon said to me, did, this, did the tattoo bring out your spondy? And I was like, yes. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And it was like, shit. So, yeah, it's a kind of an interesting thing that had I not had that tattoo, potentially I might not have, um, it might not have brought out the spondy. So, yeah, yeah, well, it might uh -huh. not have brought the, the, the symptoms. The symptoms, right? yeah. The spondy yeah. was always there, but the, the, the dysfunction within the muscular, musculoskeletal system wasn't there before. So, yeah, it's quite an interesting segue into maybe scars and things like that. But, mm. yeah, or sorry, we can go back to what was it that we were saying about pain? And, well, so, yeah, sorry, it's gotten. Well, on that, um, well, on that note, because I think it's, it, for anybody listening, is uh, you might be missing that link between, hang on, why, sorry, does, yes. why does a tattoo, why would a scar make you feel make you feel pain make you feel discomfort mm. it's not, first of all it's not the case that 100 percent happens every single time no absolutely but, not but what, but what it is is essentially every um with the with the minuscule pricks that you're getting into your body from having a tattoo or even any kind of scar that you get from uh, repair of injury or in a repair of a wound mm. because the um uh, because of the kind of like the nature in which uh, your wounds heal um, they, the tissues don't come back in exactly the same way. They kind of, your, your body just lays them down to be mm -hmm. like, Hey, I need to fix this area. It's kind of like a really crappy, um, when, when, yeah, when the recovery process is not in heart or helped along, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a really crappy, um, job of like covering a plot hole in the road. Let's just say it's like, you know, you're not getting that smooth road mm -hmm. and tarmac put back over it. You're just getting like lumps of, um, uh, lumps of uh, sorry I got distracted I looked out my window it looked like somebody was taking a picture of myself <laughs> like what the hell just happened there like and then they just walked off I'm like great thanks yeah that was really strange um I've had that happen to me before standing on my are you on the ground floor like, no no I'm on the first floor um, that's even weirder 
Yeah, it's like, I don't know, they could see me through my window. Sorry, I got segue, I got totally distracted. Totally fine. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, essentially, so scars and um, tattoos can uh, do the same thing as your tissues. They just kind of get laid down and uh, the, like the, the matrix of tissue doesn't line up nicely. And so the, the, um, the effect on the neural signaling to the body is kind of... Um, uh, dis disorganized as well and disorientated and so it can have the effect of making it so that your uh, brain's awareness of your muscles and tissues positioning gets thrown off and then that can create a dysfunction and then that can mean like things don't uh, function very well so and then in your case it's like you had something that was physically like is structurally an issue mm but it wasn't showing itself as, uh, it wasn't presenting as an issue. But yeah. then you had this thing done, which kind of probably possibly put dysfunction into your system because of that neural signaling. And then mm. it, uh, then it pulled out the, uh, uh, pulled out those outcomes as in yeah. pain started kicking in more regularly. Yeah, it really did. Um, and it's been a long way back, but, um, but yeah, I'm definitely more humble for it. And mm. in terms of teaching, I know what people are going through. Good God. I know how it feels to have your back go and, mm. and that road to recovery. Um, and, and you know what? It, it, when I, I was devastated that I couldn't fight. But at the same time, I, you know, it was just one of those things. that it's like maybe, maybe that is right. Maybe I would have got into a fight situation and that's when it would have gone. So, mm. it, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it, it was it's just such... Go on, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's just something, like, it's happened, but, uh, mm. but you know how to deal with it, right? Yes, yeah. Mm. But it, it always interested me that it was like, why now? Why, why have I suddenly yeah. found this back issue? And it never made sense to me until I did the neurokinetic therapy course and they were talking about mm. scars and how scars can create this almost like iceberg situation where you just don't know what's going on under the surface. And that's definitely what it felt like had happened that everything had just like interwoven and it just felt a bit messy around that area and um, created a bit of instability. And I've spent the last few years building that back up and it definitely helps. So if you flip that for anyone listening that maybe has got a C-section scar or anything like that, or has had, you know, any kind of, is it, what, what, is it, in, in just, in just, I can't think of the word. Yeah, 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 um, the word. yeah that, in, yeah, that's it. Um, anything like that, the, you know, you can feel so much better. I, I, I teach so many mums that come to me with C-section scars, and one of the main things that they say is that they feel really disconnected because of, Mm. where that incision is it pretty much cuts through all the major core muscles and when you start to massage out that scar a little bit and get them to breathe within that area it, it massively connects them again so and much like my tattoo as long as I kind of I'm just aware of it and I'm massaging out or doing whatever um it does definitely help yeah it's um it's, it's one of those things which I think people could do with getting looked into. So if you have pain symptoms yes. of something, um, yeah. if you have something you know, like, you know, let's talk about what we, what we know most about uh, lower back pain. Yeah. If you have that and you've got tattoos on your body mm. and around the area, um, and, you know, if you correlate and you go, okay, actually, maybe this started getting uncomfortable after I got 
this tattoo and it's not there's maybe no other real explanation for mm. it it's just worth exploring it's worth yeah. um worth getting into there's just not many people who do treat take scars seriously and like yeah. um, in the medical world but um if you find like you know especially uh, especially practitioners who are well versed in neurology functional neurology yeah you've got obviously neurokinetic therapy uh, pdtr um, post proprioceptive uh, deep tendon reflex um, therapy these yeah they take it they take it relatively seriously so you can look out yeah. for those people in your area or you could even yeah you can even like skype or zoom with with people who can guide yeah. you through it as definitely well. and um, yeah, yeah and then like another one is um, a friend of mine just told him to take uh, what do you call them those belly button rings Oh yeah, out, out of the belly button, mm -hmm. and it was like, yeah, actually, I feel like I can breathe better. You just again that connection you're talking about with C-section yeah. scars, same thing there as was like yeah. took that out, and it was like, oh, there is actually a bit of a difference here. I can feel mm. like I'm better connected to my body, because that's an interference with the yeah. uh, the the neural pathways which basically tell your tell your body to switch on yeah. muscles for particular activities, and there's an interference there with something that's literally a foreign object inside yeah. on your body and in your body so you take that out and then that has a potential to change things up for you as well so yeah um, consider that kind of stuff it's really clever isn't it it's like i wouldn't ever have considered scars before learning neurokinetic therapy and my god they have an effect on the system i would never have considered how a jaw could have an effect on your system as well mm. or just just all these things that you might not consider um I've got back pain. Hmm, let's look at your jaw. I mean, you'll probably have to explain why, but the jaw is a very powerful muscle and it can step up when other things downregulate. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I can, and, and, and that's another thing. That was something else that I was doing is I was using my jaw to like turn over in bed. And it's because all my spinal muscles were just, were just downregulated. They were just off. And so I was using my jaw to get over so that I didn't feel any pain. So mm -hmm. that's another thing that I, and that's, that's something that I'm quite hot on when people come to me. I'm like, do you, do you bite down? Do you use, or do you have any grinding or anything like that when you're asleep? Do you mm -hmm. do anything like that? Because often, not often, but sometimes people will have jaw issues when they have lower back issues as well. Yeah. Yeah. It can go hand in hand. Um... Mm. For, for yeah, like your body, basically the first thing it's always trying to do is look for stability. It has to feel yeah. stable. Yeah. Right? So an extreme version of this is if you didn't have any stability uh, at all, like you, mm. know, you try and take a step and you walk, you just fall over and collapse into a heap on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, but the first thing it does is even prepares for that. It actually preempts your need for stability. Mm. So your nervous system is always working to make sure you're stable before you even think you need to do the action that you're about to do we can step into a really fucking crazy world with that kind of stuff mm -hmm. where you're just thinking wait your brain your your body's doing the thing before you think you need to do the thing it's like yep. yes that, that is actually what's happening so processing the whole time prediction exactly. machine yeah that's it it's a prediction machine so and then that's one of the things it's doing so it's predicting the amount of effort you need to take uh, you know like me waving my hand around here for example is like there's uh there's a, there's a predictive element to that. The brain goes, okay, I'm going to need a certain amount of stability so he can mm -hmm. move his hand in this kind of way around, you know, locally around my hand and fingers mm -hmm. and globally around my shoulder and the rest of my system so that I don't just, again, fall into a heap on the floor. So the first thing it's always doing is looking for stability. 
and um, the core is supposed to be excellent at helping you find stability because it's kind of like the transmission of the body. Yeah. So the so-called core of like if we were to define it loosely, say between the shoulders and between the hips, that's that area of the core. Yeah. And then if you're trying to if you're trying to move, if you're trying to generate power and strength through your upper extremities, i.e. your shoulders and your arms, mm -hmm. and uh, the lower extremities, i.e. your hips downwards from your legs, then your core has to be generating a fair amount of stability for you to be able to do that without compensating. Yeah. Now, when you lose that stability from your core, jaws are a really easy place for your um, brain to just say, hey, I need you to step up and just over-regulate, uh, over, uh, uh, facilitate and mm -hmm. just start doing the job because I can't get stability elsewhere. Because like you said, the big powerful muscles here, uh, even though they're small, just like, you know, um, is it, yeah, like inch by inch or pound for pound, yeah, like pound. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty damn strong. Mm -hmm. And also just because like, you know, geographically, they're pretty close to the part of the brain which coordinates movement. And so yeah, if you is wired in, if you can't mm -hmm. find that movement from other parts of the, uh, if you can't find that coordination in other parts of your body, your brain just defaults kind of, well, one of the loop, default loops it can create is to go to the jaw because of just literally geography, proximity is right there. And yeah. so if you're noticing jaw issues, if you're noticing you're always biting down, there's, there's, it's, it's more complicated than just it's making up for the rest of your body because you can mm. experience that kind of thing when you're stressed out. Uh, for example, if you've had dental work and all that kind of stuff, like, you know, jaw takes Absolutely. a bit of pounding. Yeah. So, but it's just one of those things that, you know, just uh, if you notice yourself doing that constantly, is like you want to look at all these different kind of stresses in your life, but also um, if it correlates with any kind of pain that you might have picked up over, over time. Yeah, absolutely. Also, there's um, if your jaw shifting. I don't. That's that's harder to know. But is there is there a little bit of a jaw deviation? So, are you moving one way, or is your jaw slightly moved over to the other, or slightly shifted over? Because that can then have an effect on how the body is in space as well. So, mm -hmm. I guess that's to do with where it's wired in, because it's so closely wired into where we move the movement center of the brain. Is that is that something to do with it? If it's slightly deviated, then your whole body's going to maybe deviate the other way. Is that right? Yeah, there's that kind it's of... Like, um, if you're shifted one way, then we go the other way, I think. Yeah, it's... Um, so again, because of... Because of our... Because of our makeup in terms of uh, how everything kind of functions together, mm -hmm. there's, if there's too much tension in one area, you might get too much compression yeah, in another area. Some, yeah. And... Uh, and it's there's there's been these general pathways that have been noticed uh, with that because of like they make sense from a uh, again from like a proximity point of view but mm. also correlated like you know what do we know about you know what moves laterally in the body is okay my shoulder does this my hip does this mm. and if they don't do it well i might bite down on the same side jaw to make the same movement happen so yeah. it can really it's correlated with the different planes of movements that we make and yeah. um and uh but something and often there's no rhyme or reason it can just happen but yeah. there's also we can map it out to some degree because like hey your body does this these um what are the components of that movement and mm. then you can say okay well these are the components and then, okay well, what help that movement out and then those areas of the body that help those particular movements out called synergists they might end up being 
taking over from mm. the uh, from the prime movers, we'd call them. So the guys that are supposed to be doing uh, all that powerful effort, if they can't um, can't pull that off, the the synergists might kick in, mm -hmm. and then you create this imbalance, and then you get you get all these kinds of problems um, yeah. over time. Yeah, so you can get that um, uh, you can get that dysfunction turning into something which presents as uh, more of an issue. You can't generate power or you mm. uh, feel stiff and you feel immobile or in one area, or you might feel too mobile in another area, so you feel yeah. unstable. Or you can even, um, again, uh, last result, last thing that happens is uh, you get some pain kicking in as well. Yeah. So there's, yeah, it's basically just goes like, there's, there's some fascinating ways that your body can compensate yes. for the issues, issues that arise. Yeah. And I think that's what was happening to me. I mean, I still have it now. It's like I find it quite hard these days to generate loads of power uh, in in situations like Thai boxing. So, and and I'll be honest, and, and you know what, I'm I'm kind of okay with that. I don't know mm. whether, just due to the nature of my spine, whether I'll ever be able to generate huge amounts of power. Um, it is what it is. Um, and actually, I've and and I was trying to work it out the other day. It's like why I've started to crossover if you like into why do I prefer jiu-jitsu and wrestling and it is because you don't have to generate that sort of force it's different like I don't mm. I don't want to offend anyone because I know you know jiu-jitsu and, and wrestling is really different to Thai boxing just, but it was like yeah that's it it's just different. it's so different it's like but I was trying in my head I was like what is it why is why am I finding Thai boxing so much harder than jiu-jitsu and wrestling and it is because you simply have to be able to generate force for three minutes, like three minute round, and, and then be okay, you've got 30 second rest and you've got to keep generating that force. And it's like, I just haven't got it. Whereas I have got that ability to be close into someone and weave in and out of, of them. And, and I've got that power, whereas I cannot generate force. Does that make sense? It's like- I well, it's, one's, one's striking and the other one's not. Yeah, so you have yeah. to, with that striking power, that, that um, the moment of impact has to go somewhere. Right? Yeah. And, and that's a lot of force that goes through the body on that moment of impact if you can't mm. deliver it, uh, can't deliver it well. Um, and then, but with wrestling and jiu-jitsu, it's different. You don't have that striking force. You are mm. explosive, but you don't have that, um, uh, that snap of that kind of yeah. force like you do yeah. and that whip like you need to have. Mm. And so, yeah, I can imagine it's one of the worst things that you can do is try and generate a lot of force repeatedly by doing a, a Muay Thai kick mm. and trying to do that all the time with uh, with the kind of uh, uh, spine that you might have. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you just again just know your just know your limits and work with that because what's your goal as well? You know, yeah. is your goal to be a class uh, Muay Thai no, fighter in like it was. Be, yeah, <laughs> but it, like uh, then and like you know just like mash yourself up and not be able to no. walk for like after five years and then just live that life for the last yeah. 50 years of your life just feeling like crap or exactly. is it, oh, I would, i'd rather manage this and have a really good really good life that i can handle over after after that that's it yeah and and i could literally feel the compensation in my body um yeah. every time i threw a kick i'd just come away battered like my legs would be messed up because i i think just my brain was protecting my spine the whole time. It's like, no, you can't mm -hmm. do this. Or so I just compensating because I just did not have that mobility. Like re in recent years, it's like, you need more mobility. It's like, I haven't got it. I just haven't got that movement. I have not got that ability to twist my spine like that because a spondy will just won't let that happen. 
And I just think it's like, okay, and, and it's been something that I've been battling with because I love Thai boxing, but at the same time, it's like I was coming away sort of just a bit destroyed because it's like I just felt a bit demoralized. It, it just didn't feel good anymore. Whereas doing things like jujitsu and wrestling, even though it's really hard, and sometimes I come away going, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, it felt better to be doing that than, than just coming away battered and bruised from Thai boxing. I mean, it's a brutal sport. I don't know if you've ever watched any of I mean, you, you watch UFC, so you know what it's like. And it's just, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I think that's, when you have to say goodbye to something that you've been doing for a really long time, I mean, never say never. I think that's, that's quite a, it's like a, oh, okay. But you know, that, but it's like, it's okay, because you can go on to other things, but it's, it is like, okay. Maybe it's time to 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 put the gloves away for a little bit and return to them at some point after a bit more rehab or something. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, I was going to ask you: is like, is there a way that you could still incorporate it so that it doesn't you don't feel messed up? Yeah, maybe. It? I mean, I think I I have every time I've had a session recently, I've come away battered, and I wrote a post about it recently about how I I was reading. Uh, emotions what um lisa Feldman barrett's how emotions are made and she had this mm -hmm. like, just this bit about how if you don't push past your point of you know feeling fatigued and and if you don't push past that point you're never going to know how it feels to go beyond that and i was like that's really wise words but i think with thai boxing i just used to come away so tired so so battered and bruised that actually this is detrimental to to my health and physically and mentally so mm. you know it's like yes push past the barrier but when it's making you feel exhausted maybe it's time to to not do it and and maybe yeah maybe i could be doing a bit more rehab but um yeah i don't know i think thai boxing is for maybe if you've got more time on your hands you've got that time to train you've got the time to dedicate to that kind of thing so I think it is if I def if I had more time to do it, I think I would become stronger and better at it alongside the rehab. So do you know what right. I mean? So it's, so it's more so it's more like you need the time for recovery as opposed to time yes. to do it. Yeah. yeah. I think time to do it as well. Like once a week mm. is not enough. When you're doing something like tie boxing, mm. you can't expect to go into a session and, and you know, uh, blow it away every single time. Like if you're not doing it more than you know, you need to be doing it two, three times a week for it to in, get ingrained in your body and that's what I wasn't doing so mm. whereas I think things like wrestling you can maybe go once twice a week and it and it is okay to to learn it that way what do you think I think it's I mean it just depends depends on I always think like the more you're able to do it the better because if it's a absolutely new skill, yeah, yeah it's a, especially when it's a new skill that you're picking up on the um the more exposure you need to it especially yeah. when it is and um and so I think that's, I think that applies with pretty much, yeah. pretty much anything. And then, um, but then it comes down to, you know, again, like you said, like making the time for it. So it's kind of like managing your schedule, but also how mm. well do you learn from things? Cause you could be somebody who's, okay, I've gone, I'm going once a week, but I'm pretty systematic about how I learn the mm. thing so it's like okay i've got this this and this i need to practice and i'm going to apply that in the next session that i go to as well yeah so that i'm getting as much out of it as i possibly can so it's just mm. i think a lot of it comes down to you know how efficient you are at learning so you can you can definitely make progress on one session a week you yeah do what you i can. definitely was yeah 
Yeah, but good wrestling. Um, yeah, yeah. But if you, uh, but if you like, if I reckon, if you need, if you want to actually get more out of it, the fitness element, the actual learn it and learn it well, you know, a couple of times a week at least, yeah. and then and then go from there. Because um, yeah, I notice it as well. Is just you know, this is like obviously the longest period uh, without. Um, so long kind of training going on and it's just there's aspects of it which are like oh yeah i've forgotten how that feels oh yeah that's what that was like and uh and uh so then when i when i do train again it's a kind of figuring stuff out again in a way yeah remembering and, um, it and yeah and then like if i'm doing that once a week it's that doesn't feel like it's enough if i did it a couple of times a week then i'm like yeah okay i'm moving mm. on i'm moving on i'm moving on so again it kind of depends on i think it depends but i reckon to get the most out of it at least a couple of times a week yeah don't get me wrong if i was a multi-millionaire i'd be doing it about five six times a week <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all the recovery as well is like yeah, you know i'll have the hyperbaric chamber i'll talk after again yeah. like nine hours of sleep i've got the yeah. hot uh, i've got the the sauna i've got the steam room i've got the yeah. plunge pool i've got uh, the, the float tank i've got it all Got it all. I, I, what am I talking about? I just have a, a, a gym, a matted gym in my house, and I just get people to come to my house, and <laughs> that would be it five times a week. That'd be awesome. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Set up. You know, that's, what, that's one of the things. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I'd love to have is essentially like, uh, yeah, going to make it happen. Let's see, in the next 10 years, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this in 10 years' time. So, Let's do it. Is, it's like I'd love to have you know, just some level of a home cinema. Like, oh uh, yeah, that would be sick. Like, I'm not. I'm not talking about. I need like fucking thirty seats and a massive no. screen. I just. What I mean is like, I just. I just need something where you know you could sit and watch a movie uninterrupted, and it'd be almost. It'd be a pretty just much a cinematic experience. Yeah, you get the sound, you get the visual, you get everything. Yeah. I think that'd be amazing, and because um, you know, the older I get, the more I love movies, the more I appreciate yeah. them. Like for, yeah, totally. like for what they are, and um, and then yeah, all that stuff as well. Just a gym, a steam room. A gym. Uh, sorry, the the sauna and a plunge pool. That would have to happen. Yes. And yeah, steam room as well. Hmm. I'm talking like and like bare minimum. And then be, and also the gym. You got to have the gym, but you also you got to have like the jujitsu gym with all the mats, and then you've got to have like a normal gym with all the weights, so that you could like do the training around the jits. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. As it and throw in a tennis court as well. Let's just get that in there too. I'm not so bothered about a tennis court, but I'm no, not. You don't, I'm not you don't care about that. I I'm talking about me. About I know, <laughs> but I, I'm on the gym and the gym, and yeah, yeah, one yeah. day, yeah, not one exactly. day you know yeah. at some point there you go put that in your put that put that in your vision and smoke it <laughs> i like it yeah. yeah that's it and like and all that is uh, you know is a perfect precursor to one of the things we thought would be a good thing to talk about which is you know the, the injury is a blessing and the gift of injury yeah and um yeah so i want to hear your thoughts on that first as well so it's quite common to um to get injured and well, first of all, it does suck. We're not t we're not saying it doesn't, but no. what we're saying is is there's a way of looking at it which serves you better than if you're hating on your body for being injured and trying to ignore 
like trying to exist independent of what your body's trying to tell you <laughs> and you can't can't do those things it, no. it, it doesn't work you are a creature that lives in your body is the one thing that you have for the rest of your yeah. life so you want to learn how to treat it well and um, so injuries are always going to happen they're mm. just something that uh, is pretty much guaranteed in life like you know everybody says you know <laughs> there's no guarantees of life except death and taxes it's like yeah you might as well throw injury into that injuries as well, as well. yeah so, because if you're whether you so here's the interesting thing is like whether you do absolutely nothing or whether mm -hmm. you do everything under the sun physically you're going to get injured because if you're yeah. doing absolutely nothing we've shown that you know sitting down for eight hours a day and not doing much else is actually terrible for your back so you're going to yeah. end up with a back problem and uh, but conversely if you're hammering it and uh, you you're going to get injured you know you're just going to do something which either something blows out or you're um you're going to pick up uh, you're going to pick up some sort of problem and uh, and then there's obviously you know you can even have an in-between life so you can try and manage everything as well as you can but mm -hmm. then something's always going to happen or something will always occur so it's just one of those things that's just going to happen so we want to learn how to uh, deal with that and uh, so what we propose is uh, something like uh, injuries are a blessing so where do you where do you I, stand with that? I definitely agree with that. I think it's like I said earlier, it definitely made me humble having an injury where I'd never had anything like that. I, I, I don't really get injured. I, I don't pick up injuries easily. Um, obviously, having that back condition come out, that was massive for me. And and it is humbling. And it is, it's eye-opening as well to, to get an injury um, as big as that, or, or to have a condition come out, um, it, it was a big deal. Um, and I think it makes me more empathic as a trainer when people, um, and this is the thing, it's, I've had so many people over the years come to me and say that people, for example, consultants or doctors don't believe that they have pain because they don't look like they're in pain. And it's like, wow. And, and, and people do things like they go to the doctor looking bad so that the doctor believes them. And I'm like, that, yeah. that's, that's really sad because it's like, I, I, I understand, you know, you have good days, bad days when you, when you have a back condition. Um, but it, yeah, it is humbling for me. And it, it makes me understand people's conditions and how life-changing it can be. Um, and I think, I don't think anyone's going to get away with not being injured. It's, it's your approach to how you recover from that injury. If, if that's like, oh, that's it. I can't do anything. Duh, then that's probably, that's going to happen. But if you're like, okay, I've got this injury and this is how I feel. Like I've hurt, I hurt my shoulder a couple of weeks ago, rolling around on the floor, doing jits rolls and stuff and, uh, yeah. on a hard floor because you know, that's me. And I was like, my bad, you know. Hard floor, hardcore. <laughs> yeah, no, just because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just like, I just try it now, and and yeah, I hurt my shoulder, and I was like, I know what I've done, I probably could figure it out, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna see what happens. I'm gonna let it rest. I'm gonna, you know, just apply some, just stretch it out, whatever it is that I needed to do, and lo and behold, over a couple of weeks, it got better, and it's just, I think it's just. Yeah, it's it's like a how you approach how you're going to recover as well. It's like I didn't throw anything at it. I just I didn't panic. Wasn't mm -hmm. like, oh, it's the end of the world. I can't train anymore. What am I going to do? It's like, okay, just do a bit more running, do a bit more leg stuff, and and it will get better. So I definitely think it's the approach. 
Yeah. And yeah, I can't think of anything else. If you say some words, then I'll probably think of other stuff as well. <laughs> just just say shit and we'll see what happens. Just say words and I'll uh, and yeah. I'll say some I'll figure some stuff out. But yeah. Yeah. It's made me more empathic as a teacher yes. to have mm experience pain and know what people are going through because sometimes yeah. I think if you haven't experienced something it's very hard to be on the same level as someone else mm -hmm. right yeah yeah it's uh, yeah it makes uh, makes a huge difference and like <laughs> it's just a funny story of when um uh when my neck started becoming a problem because basically I just <laughs> fell off my bike head first into the concrete oh like, that's right yeah six six years ago mm. and um yeah so ever since then i've managed it right and um and uh, but there was one time where i came it came to work and then in the middle of the day it just seized up basically my head ended up over there. it was like <laughs> oh no like i shouldn't that. laugh i'm really sorry no, <laughs> it looked hilarious i mean it looked like it looked like something out of some horror movie where uh, yeah it's a people are i can't even do it, it. I know people are like watching on YouTube is uh, sorry not watching go on YouTube and check it out 57 minutes and just my head was just all over the shop just completely over to one side of my body and this is just kind of how I was walking around and it just had this incredible stretch on this right side of my, of my neck and it's not just pulled over but my my head was twisted as well so it just created just a gnarly amount of stretch in the muscles on the right side of my body so you know like that whole indian head kind of thing right i was just stuck in one end of it basically and uh, and then one of my clients used to have neck and neck and back problems and uh so he came in and he saw me and i was just basically i was just getting through my sessions i actually did one session where my client was like you're such a mess and the chiropractor had like half an hour between uh, his appointments and he just came into the gym because so i used to work in a healthcare clinic where there was chiropractors and physiotherapists right. as well as as well as a gym attached to it like a private studio so he just popped his head in and he was like i know you're i know you're screwed up like i could take a quick look at you if you want and my client was like go please just go <laughs> like i can't look at you like this yeah and then so i was like no no you carry on doing your exercises and then he'll work on my neck and i'll be like yeah, yeah, yeah you're doing great you're doing great <laughs> <laughs> but uh but it was it was at the beginning of the session so she knew the warm-ups and stuff that she had to do so he just worked on it like for 10-15 minutes and just really helped me out but then right. this one client came in and uh, uh earlier before that could actually happen and he just looked at me he was like see now how it feels now right <laughs> i was like hey man get it now don't give me that crap <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious and I was like yeah I mean yeah for sure it does it does change things for you but um but for me I mean like luckily for me um you you were there that basically that one time I've had a back episode yes. um which was um well I got it doing a wrestling session when I just should not have been trading it was I, that. I knew I yeah I knew everything I did wrong right I just I was up really late yeah I woke up really early um, I got about four hours of sleep, broken sleep oh. and I was like, well, I'm going to training anyway and I should go. And my body just felt battered. I could tell I was not stable. I couldn't breathe through my diaphragm properly. I was just yeah. chest yeah. breathing and I was trying to sort it out the whole way to class. It just wasn't happening. And, um, and I was like, okay, cool. And showed up, did the warm up and stuff. And I was like, okay, fine. And then I went in for a shoot. So I tried, like we were practicing double leg takedowns and I went in. And then Ow. I was like, nope, nope, something's just gone. 
and uh, for about three weeks it was off and like I remember you try to help me uh, deal with it that's um, why and so yeah for about three weeks it was like it was gone it got better for about 10 days and then I stepped out of the shower and uh, I kind of I, I just bent over and I was like oh there it goes and then there's that moment where you just go to yourself yeah you it doesn't matter what I know I still panicked as well of right? course and then, and then five minutes later, I do that thing. It's like I'm panicking, and I start fucking laughing at myself. Because <laughs> oh, no. I do that. Like, like last week, I was telling you how I get angry, and then I realize I'm getting angry, and I start laughing yeah, at myself. Yeah, and this that. time, I was I was panicking, and I was like, "Why are you panicking? You know how to deal with this stuff. So shut the fuck up and get on with it." <laughs> so I just started laughing at myself as well. But it was it was difficult because I was like, "Oh no, damn!" And then. Okay, I was like, okay, well, what would I tell my clients to do? You know, I had to I had to coach myself yeah. through what I would coach other people through. Just completely calm down, and I just like, it's not that uh, it went away. It was just like because I was so much more calm about it, and I realized like, look, movement is king. Um, do what I need to do. Make pain-free movements, and just you know, support yourself as much as you need to, but keep moving. And I was I was okay. I just like that approach. That the change in the mentality just meant that I was yeah. much better. But I've not had. So I've had an acute thing where it lasted a few weeks, basically, and uh, but I've not had anything chronic. But so, you know, just having something like that again does help give you perspective uh, on what uh, what you're dealing with because it's just a part of the body where when it goes, it's like everything feels like it's affected. You know, it's like when you're it trying is. to that's your center yeah. of mass. You know, exactly. that's, that's that's where it. you move from. But yeah. I think your approach was really cool. Sorry, carry on. Mm. But it was like the fact that you laughed about it, whereas a lot of people would have gone. <gasps> Yeah. And just that yeah. very nature of tensing up and tightening, going, oh, I can't move, rather than relaxing, mm -hmm. probably makes it 10 times worse. So the yeah. fact that you started laughing, probably just switched mm. it and made it so much better. Yeah, well, it was definitely that initial, oh, fuck. And then, yeah, of course. Oh, man, I don't want to be injured. Like, I can't deal with that. And then afterwards, like, shit, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you don't, you don't want to take a break from the things that you do. Oh. But then you just reset. You just go, all right, well, what would I tell my clients? You know, practice what you preach. Do as I say, not as I do, does not work for me. It's like, do, no, it's no, like, no, you know, no, no. just like lead by example kind of thing as well. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I just kind of, talk myself through it I just and I worked as normal as well like you know, yeah. it wasn't um I was like okay I just asked my client I was like okay, if it was a wait at a certain point because this is when gyms were still open and stuff so mm -hmm. obviously because it happened at gist but when I was back at work and if there was a wait that I need a client to use instead of grabbing because you know instead of grabbing it and being like okay now work on it I was like I need you to like uh be a bit more diligent about putting stuff away and grabbing yeah. it and stuff because it's just quicker when I do it but it's just when they put, I needed them to put the weights away, load up the bars, and all that kind of stuff. Or, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna need your help." <laughs> and, I'll do this uh, today. But, yeah. Yeah, but it was just, uh, but it was also like up to a point. So I was doing that stuff, but when mm. I felt, "Nah, this is I shouldn't do this," then I'd get somebody else involved. I basically wanted it to be that as if no one knew that I had an issue. Yeah. Um, that was the way I approached it. Is like just. Imagine, you know, just go about your day like you normally would. Mm -hmm. And um, and and that was it. And the thing is, it's like, yeah, it was, yeah, like you said, it's just like the empathy that you gain is is helpful. But um, I think, it, like, you know, any kind of injury that you can pick up helps you be empathetic. It's like, you know, if I get a knee injury, it's like, it's still, it's a different part of the body, but the process is the same. You know, you, you go through the, whatever the five stages of, um, 
was a grieving might be you start off in denial like no you're angry this isn't the problem this is a problem <laughs> then you're angry about it and then you finally accept it right and uh, i went through that in like the space of five minutes when <laughs> when i when i came out of the shower i was like no this isn't happening oh for fuck's sake what the hell's wrong with you and then i went through all the way and i was like, okay no i finally accept this and you're this right. has happened like super quickly and that needs to happen a lot quicker for a lot of people yeah but, yeah um, I mean, like, there's the empathy thing. I think humble is um, is really is really good. Is um, is is an over is overlooked as well. Like, you need to because it just teaches you respect for your body. Yeah. One of my clients uh, mentioned gratitude, and she's like, "I'm just so much more grateful mm. um, for my body." And it's you know, in a way, it seems counterintuitive, right? It's like you you're injured and you've been suffering from a uh, an injury. Uh, well, it's not an injury now, but you've been suffering from a con uh, chronic mm -hmm. pain for like three years or something, and you're like, you're grateful. It's like, yeah, because after having gone through the process, now going through the process of like realizing that there is a way out of this, and I can recover, and and I am getting uh, better and better and better with you know some hiccups along the way, but I know I'm on the right trajectory. It's like, um, it's just it just brings deep sense of gratitude for what my body's capable of and just appreciating it, respecting it. So I think there's that is a huge part of, you know, feeling like your uh, injury is a, is a blessing in disguise. It's just it makes you grateful for what your body actually is capable of. And like another way to look at it is, I think um, instead of viewing yourself as like you're a broken mess, is like you're still here and your, yeah. your body's doing it's basically your body's trying to do everything it can to help you still move forward in your environment regardless of all the 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 mishmash and the dysfunction still functioning yeah but yeah it's still trying because the thing is like all these functions that get created it's still a way for your body to try and help you navigate your environment to help you keep moving yeah. forward so it's actually your your isn't it clever a lot more yeah. yeah, it's super clever. It's basically, it's like a hell, you're a hell of a lot more resilient than you mm. think you are. It's not, it's like being broken isn't like, feeling broken isn't, doesn't mean you're not resilient. It's like actually the fact that it's that this level and you're still getting it, like trying to get through day, day to day life is like, there's, there's a hell of a lot of resilience baked into the cake there. And it's just, um, uh, it's just a matter of appreciating that uh, this is your body's way of trying to tell you you need to change things up as well. That's, think, that's a big part of it. That's great. I, I really like that attitude to, you know, be grateful for it. Because one thing is, is that you'll never, you probably won't ever go back to how you were because you've put in so many steps to creating like a, almost like a structure to not go back to that place. So I totally get that, that, you know, I'm never going to go back to how I was when I first got my spondy because I know how to manage it. So I think that's something really important to think about is that even if you are going through huge amounts of back pain, if you do start putting in steps on that road to recovery, you potentially are never going to go back to that point um, mm. because you're going to be stronger. You're going to have better understanding of how your body moves, how you think. And something that I was thinking about when you were talking is like the pain takes up so much mental capacity doesn't it? It's like, I remember a client telling me that as she started to get out of pain, as we started to deal with the exercises and as she started to get out of pain, she's like, 
I just have so much more time to think. And yeah. and I was like, what are you going to do with all this time on your hands? And she's <laughs> like, I'm going to make plans. I'm going to like mm. think of shit. And it's true. And it yeah. is that mental recovery as well, isn't it? It's like, mm-hmm. it's not just pain in your body. It's, it's, it's mentally stressful and it can create feelings of depression and anxiety. And we won't go back there, but it, it is, it takes up a huge amount of energy, uh, body and mind. So I think that's a lovely thing to be grateful because it, it makes you feel clearer mentally as well. It gives you more clarity. It gives you more ability to think straight. When you've got pain, as we both know, you can't think straight. You literally cannot think about anything else. So to take that away and to, to slowly get away from that is um, it's a powerful thing. And, and that in itself is, is something to, to be grateful for. I know, I know I am. I mean, I have days, I'd say most days I, I have some sort of pain when I get out of bed or if I've slept really, really well and I've been very still, I find it incredibly difficult to get out of bed and get up. But I know from everything that I do that I'll be fine, and yeah. and 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 I know that that's something to be grateful for because there are moments where it is incredibly painful. So yeah, yeah, it's that kind of uh, it's like you roll over in bed and you're like, oh crap, this is going to be an awful day. Or you can be like, yeah, oh, I know how to deal with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not you know done it and just yeah. you carry on. You just yeah. keep moving. It's like that's my mantra, isn't it? It's like move every day, just keep moving. However you can, even if it's gently, try and move because that's going to help you more than anything. Yeah, you have to you have to remind your body that it can do pain-free movement, basically. Yeah. And then you just latch onto that and you build on that and you build on that and build on that. And another thing about injury and how it can, you know, how it's uh, how it's a gift and how it's a, you know, a blessing in disguise or the kind of mm-hmm. the blessing that you never wanted and never knew you needed is... Um, that afterwards, the level of awareness that you can generate about your body and what it's capable of uh, is is kind of off the charts compared to previously. Massive. Because yeah. you you're, you're you're you know when you're pushing yourself too much, and you know mm. when you're not pushing yourself enough. Conversely, and you know what's a good safe zone for you to be training in, and yeah. um, and there's a lot of peace of mind that comes with that. It's like yeah. I just know, I just know, and so you're. Well. Yeah, in the awareness of your body, like it's like for people to understand their anatomy, you don't have to know it like we do or uh, like anyone else, but to understand the basic functioning of things helps you to make better decisions around, you know, know, how you how you might train or just what you do, like, you know, with your uh, with your day to day. So I think the moment people realize, for example, one uh one thing about you know how you might pick up an injury is like you know a maximal load a constant load or a frequent mm-hmm. load so maximal is like you know a one off mm-hmm. which is beyond your threshold and you and you feel you get injury um constant is like sitting down for example is like you're constantly loaded those tissues and you know over time that constant load weakens things yeah you know, because <clears> there's no adapt, uh, ability to adapt and then you've got um, frequency as well. So if you're doing it too much, too often. And those are the different ways, those are different mechanisms, essentially, broadly speaking, how you pick up injuries. And um, and so when you... I forgot. <laughs> so again, when you know that, that's what I was going to say. So when you know that, you're like, oh, right, okay. So instead of sitting down for eight, 10 solid hours of my workday, 
I'm going to make take frequent breaks because I know that's just I'm going to feel so much better just for doing that just physically but then there's the um, uh, mentally how much it improves your cognition as well yeah. um, getting blood flowing through the system is just important for uh, important for your body in terms of uh, recovery as well so the fact that you take those little and often breaks mm. doesn't have to be much but the fact that you know that now and by knowing that you can uh, you can start to apply that knowledge and by the application is okay well if constant load is bad for me and how do i break that up oh i just take breaks regularly cool so i'll take a break Implement that yeah yeah exactly every half an hour for a minute or every hour for a minute or two minutes whatever's mm. whatever's doable but do it frequently and do it often and it doesn't have to be a lot because it's just yeah. so the idea of instead of taking uh, so in an eight-hour day, if you took a half-hour break after four hours and a half-hour break after uh, eight hours, that mm. cumulative hour, that's not as good as taking five minutes every hour. Right. So you want to, because frequency, frequency of movement is, uh, and breaking it up more regularly. Over it. Yeah, that makes is, sense. Is better. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah so now that you know when you know that something like that that can make a dramatic impact something so small but because it's done regularly has a dramatic impact on um, your ability to manage any onset of pain right nice and i think it was just something that you were saying about it, it often people come to me with disc herniations and it's that maximal load that does it and it's like mm. the straw that broke the camel's back, like they went to pick up a sofa or they went to make the bed and it'll be that moment where they, something just happens and it goes. And it is, it's like, it's like almost like that maximal load that's just too much for their body. And that's... So that, that, would, um, so that would be different. Maximal would load it? would be, say, if you're actually going for like, you know, a 200 kilo deadlift or something. Oh, I see. And then, and then you but go. If, so it's like, it... here's, the, here's the strength of the tissue and you've just okay. gone way beyond that in one effort. Whereas that is going to be a cumulative. Oh, I see. Uh, so, so but not picking up looking... a sofa. Do you know what I mean? Like if they picked up a sofa and they're oh, not Oh, sure, sure. Oh, sorry, I thought you said like pillow or something like that. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. Sofa. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so they picked yeah, sure. up a sofa and it was just... And just over time, because they've maybe been doing repetitive motions, like sitting down, like mm. sitting down, like sitting down, and then they go and do something and it's that last heavy maximal yes. load. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the thing that breaks it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So and... that's like, that's the combination. So that's like, um, yeah. you got like frequent, you got frequently doing something which reduces your um, tissues threshold. Yes. So it's like, say your threshold is here, but you keep frequently doing something and then mm -hmm. the, the tissue tolerance goes down. Yes. And then you do one thing which normally would be well within your capacity. Yeah. Like lifting the sofa could actually be in that person's capacity, but then yeah. because it just goes beyond that tissue tolerance, then it's that cumulative, it's, it's, the, it's the cumulative effect. Yes. Um, and it's it's blamed on that one thing. Yeah. It was the it was a sofa, but it's not actually it's not. the sofa's fault. It just like you said, it's exactly that. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. It's everything before that that caused the issue. But what's really interesting is that they'll then get nervous about lifting a sofa again, and it's like yes. it's that's not what it is. Exactly. It's all those times that you were sitting down. It was like just being held in like a flexed spinal position. And then maybe having getting up and having like a maybe an over like over lordotic so it's over arch spine. So having these mm. two extremes of movement and then doing something that's beyond your capacity. Mm. And uh, and yeah, I've had that so many times when people are like, yeah, I bent down to make a bed, 
and then couldn't mm. get back up or you know and it's that rep that's repetitive movement but yes. then I bent down to pick something up or to mm. pick my pick my kid up and that's what did it and it's like that's not what did it that was just mm. the final straw though you're yeah. back going no more and it's and it's and and I totally understand why people get nervous and are, are worried about their spines and it's pain. It's like your spine, and I, we talked about this last week, but your spine is so much stronger than you know. It's just been overloaded for a really, really long time. It took 20 years to get here. It didn't happen overnight. It's just constant, constant repetition of being in a certain position and then doing something that was probably just a little bit too much for your spine. That's what's done it. And that's what people get nervous of. And it's like, don't be nervous of it because the minute you start to to change everything and bring your body back into a bit of equilibrium, that's when you'll start to feel better. So don't be don't be afraid. It's hard to say that to people, but it's like, this is why you're here. You learn to do these movements with weight so that you can pick up that sofa without worrying about it. And and that's what's happened time and time and time again. So yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's a big one is the, the nerves around it because we're talking about the brain being a predictive machine as well. Yes. Earlier. Um, so if, it, if you start to wire that prediction in, you start to elicit pain before you've even done oh, the movement. Yeah. All right. So what you need to, so it's amazing how much your mental frame has an impact on your uh, your your pain uh, your perception of pain mm -hmm. so in your experience of pain so the more you can essentially learn to calm yourself the more you can say hey i don't need to be nervous about these kinds of movement it's th the better it is because like you said it's taken 20 years to get to this point it's like mm -hmm. you've literally gone through thousands maybe millions of cycles of movement before something gives in. You know, you've yeah. done those movements millions of times before. There's that one time it might have irritated you and now you feel like you've got a back problem. And it's like, mm -hmm. it, it, it wasn't always, you didn't, uh, it, you always had the capacity to do the movement. It's just, you know, over time, for whatever yeah. reason, right now I can't do it. But that doesn't mean you can't do it again. So no, that's our it's job. Just about, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just about building you back up to that level of being able to do it again. So you don't have to be nervous about these movements. Yeah. It's like, oh, right. I, in this moment in time, right now, I can't, I can't do this. Mm. If I do the, if I do the right thing, if I approach it mentally the right way and physically the right way, I'll be able to do it again. And yeah. it's a matter of time is, um, yeah. and, um, I'm not sure of this answer. It's something I want to ask somebody who's a lot smarter than me in the topic, but it's like, mm. you know, under what conditions could somebody not recover from back pain? And mm. I don't know if you have a, a thought on this, but I'm, I'm like, you know, if everything, about this. If, yeah. well, if, the, if the information is taken on board by someone, um, and I just, it, just, it doesn't seem like there's, I want to find out like what those outliers might be. I want to find out from somebody who's, you know, got decades of experience, has done mm -hmm. research and this kind of thing, whatever it might be, but um, under what conditions would it be irrecoverable? Um, but I don't think, I think if there, if there are, I don't think there are. And if there are, it's probably very, very, very limited, uh, limited uh, uh, range of reasons why that would be. Yeah. I, I think we talked about this and, what we came up with was, I think someone needs to have that consistency and belief, but also it's all factors in their life, nutrition, mm. sleep, what they do on a day-to-day, -day, how many injuries they have. You know, have they, have they got to a point where 
they've been they've got loads of injuries and they've been doing maybe not the quite the right things for a period of time and I don't know I, I often feel like it's it is a mental focus thing it's like this is a big job this is going to take me time and and it's it's having that commitment and consistency mm. to do that yeah there's right? um... Well, yeah, I mean, like I think of some extreme cases. Um, I don't know if you've heard of a powerlifter called Brian Carroll. Maybe, yeah. It's just mm. he's just somebody who's basically he's broken squat world records. He's squatted over a thousand pounds multiple yeah, okay. times. And, um, I think even recently he's broken a new record, but um, I don't know if it was a decade ago. However long ago it was, is within the last decade, I think. He. Um, his his back was a complete mess. Like he'd split his sacrum, he'd crushed his oh. L L five S one or L four L five, and then he had a herniated disc in another one one to three. I can't remember the details, but I know for yeah. sure he split his disc. He crushed at least one. He had at least another herniated one, and um, and so I mean anybody like you don't even know have to you don't even know you don't even have to know how to read an MRI, but you'd look mm. at it and you're like oh my god right so there's some serious the, stuff yeah there's some serious stuff in the sense that like uh, the pain centers correlated <laughs> with what was going on in mri it's a separate conversation to have but like people don't need to worry about what their mris show them i've probably got a herniated disc you've got a spondy <laughs> um, i might have I a herniation that, as well who knows yeah exactly i think like the stat is of like you know 35 and over i think like 60 mm. percent plus have some sort of herniation yeah so-called disc degeneration so mm. it's not even something that you need to worry about especially yeah. if you're not presenting with any pain symptoms if um and and you know you move relatively well all that kind of stuff but that's that's a separate conversation um something that we talked a little bit about with jake um uh, in episode 40 so if anybody mm -hmm. wants to get a lot more about uh pain that's a really good episode to jump in on but uh, but essentially this guy was like first of all he's freakishly strong so he's the, the amount of effort the work he's putting through his body is freakish mm -hmm no average person is putting that much work through their body, right? Sure. Um, so that's one thing that um, we can fall back on. Then what he did was the right rehab, basically. He spent the right amount of time doing the right rehab. Yeah. And all those world records that he's got with the squat came after he had those injuries. Wow. Incredible. So the, yeah, so when you think of the severity of it, and uh, you think of what he's achieved since he's had that. Mm. And what's also interesting about it is if you look at his MRI post rehab, he's recovered the herniations and uh, the, the, the disc size as well. So wow. he's, um, he's remodeled his spine. And I so, love that. Exactly. So there's an extreme example of somebody who works their body like no, like there's, there's a very minuscule, you could probably count them on like two hands, the number of people who know mm. the amount of work that uh, goes and the amount of abuse the body takes for being able to perform this incredible feat of strength like, like that. So his body's, his body's been abused. Uh, it got abused to the extent where it was absolutely excruciating pain and it was screwing him up. And then he recovered from it properly and he remodeled his spine and he's able to break world records with Better. that. So if that doesn't inspire anyone, like uh, that's then that's probably that's the kind of type. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the type of person that doesn't have any hope, right? Is like when you just don't mm. feel inspired by 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 that. But uh, but it goes to show the ex the extent to which we're capable of recovering a situation which looks on paper to be irreversible, hopeless. Um, yeah. Yeah, which looks that's hopeless. amazing. 
And uh, yeah, and so the reason why I say it's an extreme example is because number one, it is, but it also shows that, you know, you don't even have to be in that extreme. No. Uh, so it's, it's, it's hopeful because that can be somebody who does that much extreme stuff to their body can still recover. Most people don't do that. You know, no. 99% of people aren't doing that. So you want to uh, you want to take a lot of heart from that because you realize actually I can recover because here's somebody who's you can, I through can. A, ton, yeah. Yeah, a ton of abuse. This person can. I can definitely do that. Mm, that's amazing. And it's a power to the mind as well. He believed that he could recover, but he probably had that almost maybe competitive, not competitive, maybe that's not what I mean, but that drive to to want to recover because he he loved what he did so much that he was like, no, I'm not being stopped by this. So mm -hmm. I'm going to get better. That's, that's mm -hmm. super inspiring. And it, you're right, it doesn't have to be that. But I think if he can, then it doesn't matter how, it does matter how bad it is. And, and it, it's, there's so many different factors. And, you know, he had a big team around him. People might be thinking, yeah, but I don't have that team around me. It's like, no, you're absolutely right, you don't. But all it, ta all it would take is one person, like you or me, to help to get you onto that road to recovery. I know it, that's I know it. that we could, for sure. Yeah. That's it, exactly. And uh, it doesn't matter to the extent, I see what you mean, it's like, yeah, it does matter how severe it is, but also it doesn't matter to the outcome because if mm. you just do the work that is appropriate for you, you're gonna get to the place that you're gonna get to. Yeah. It may take longer than others, um, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. And, uh, but there's a, like, you know, you've talked about in your experience, I've talked about mm. in my experience, generally speaking, like eight weeks, max 12, like people are, people are doing, they're fine after that you know they know how to they know how to keep themselves out of pain after that yes absolutely i genuinely think it, it is around that i mean but also if you look at flare-ups and this is this is just stuff i've read i, I haven't got the science behind it but generally flare-ups from experience as well they last a few weeks they go up and then they subside the body naturally starts to to recover as well so if you're doing a rehab program alongside that then then you you are you are putting yourself in a really strong position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Beautiful. I think that's a good place to leave it. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's do that. That's good. So yeah, that was great. I hope um, everybody got a lot out of the discussion. We covered a few fair few things as well. Moving from the fountain, inspiring conversations around procrastination, mm -hmm. around uh, uh, what else was it? Belief and uh, the gift of injury, essentially. And actually. Brian Carroll has written a book with um, uh, Stuart McGill called The Gift of Injury. Mm, great. And uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't read it. I just know about his case. And um, uh, so if anybody's interested in being inspired, and that's, a, that's a way to do it. Uh, that's mm. a way to go. So um, check it out. And um, yeah, so yeah, there's a heap of, heap of useful stuff here. And uh, we hope everybody's taken a lot away from it. And uh, yeah, so in the meantime, just give us a follow on Instagram and uh, on uh, Evolve Achieve Thrive. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. Um, subscribe to the podcast as well through your favorite podcast player. Um, it's all about subscribers for us. So if you really want to help us out, get people to uh, subscribe to the show and uh, as long and uh, hopefully they'll get a lot of value from it as well. So that'll be, that'll be awesome. And tell us what you think of the episode as well. Tell us what uh, really resonated with you, what's been helpful for you, uh, did it inspire you in certain ways, uh, what are your thoughts on it? We're keen to hear from you guys. So on that note, we'll catch you next time. See you later.